Don't think healthcare professionals have any business experience? Think again. No topic is off limits as we share tales from our brave hosts who will always tell it like it is. We are hashtag no filter healthcare. Here to guide you through your healthcare journey are your hosts, Taylor Dunn and Tamara Donda. We want to thank our sponsor, Uptime Health, the leading healthcare equipment and compliance management software company for bringing this podcast to fruition. Visit UptimeHealth.com to learn more. Let's get started. Welcome to hashtag no filter healthcare. I'm your co-host, Taylor Dunn. And I'm your other co-host, Tamara Donda, and today we have our guest speaker, Darren Akopan, partner and VP of Business Development at DEO, the Dentist Entrepreneur Organization. Hey, Darren, it's so great to have you on today's show. Absolutely, Taylor. Tamara, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate you. And if anyone is watching the video of this podcast, you'll see he has an amazing background. Um, <laughs> he's got a bunch of skateboards on his wall. And they are the coolest skateboards I've ever seen. So <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you got to have something nowadays, right? We all work from home for the most part. So I just figured, why not skateboards? Yeah, we have some boring backgrounds. I know. I know. It's like, are we the hosts or are you the hosts this time? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm going to have to get something in my, my background. This is terrible. But like I said, really great to have you, Darren. We're excited for this episode. Um, and I just want to get started and have everybody that's listening learn a little bit more about you and your background in dentistry and how you got your career um, started with uh, the DEO as well. Perfect. Well, Taylor, so I've been in dental for about 10 years now. And as you mentioned, I'm one of the partners at DEO. There are six partners and about 30 team members behind the scenes helping us out. And so it's, it's a very large organization that we have started um, really in 2017. But to give you a little bit more background to how I got into dentistry, I've been in dental for 10 years. Prior to that, for any of you that were young enough to remember televisions, there used to be these things called infomercials. And there was this really famous exercise equipment called the Bowflex. So it was kind of like Peloton before Peloton was famous. And so I was one of the, basically the management team that helped scale the brand from 50 million in revenues to 400 million in revenues. And we felt like that was the golden era. So a lot of us took our stock options and exited. And that's when a friend of mine recruited me into dental. So DEO, by contrast, it's actually had two lifetimes. So we're on version 2.0 that got started in 2017. But the group was actually the brainchild of Dr. Mark Cooper, who's a periodontist by trade out of the Pacific Northwest. So he started this or a version of this in 1984, kind of ran it on his own with a minimal staff until 2017 when he wanted to exit from the business. And that's when our CEO, Jake Poole, and myself came in as partners and bought him out. And so at that time, there were maybe 20 dentist entrepreneurs in the mastermind group. And fast forward six years later, we focused all of our efforts on scaling the group and building the infrastructure for support. And there's now 300 organizations that represent 1900 locations, and they do about 3 billion a year in revenues. Wow. That's amazing. And I definitely remember the era of the Bowflex. And um, I feel like I'm sitting with royalty right now. So <laughs> you've, you've had the who's who on your podcast. So I'm just very flattered yeah. and humbled to be part of that mix. No, it's amazing seeing how, you know, everyone's background and then we end up in dentistry. I mean, I never, you know, I'm, I was in urgent care. I yeah. was just never thought I'd be in dentistry, you know, so it, yeah. we always end up here, don't we? <laughs> for for, for non-clinicians like the three of us, I tell people yeah. it's the Hotel California. Once you get in, you're never going to get out. So <laughs> that's just the way I feel. 
I love that. Um, well, I, you know, it's interesting. We're talking about the Bowflex era. Um, I just, I, I found it curious, you know, how did you make the transition from a multi-million dollar company to supporting dental entrepreneurs and making that mind, mind shift, uh, mindset shift? Um, you know, what kind of skills and experience do you feel you brought to the dental market, uh, specifically to a dental entrepreneur? Great question. So I've always been wired very differently than most of my family members where I've always been like, hey, let's high risk, high reward. Like, why would I do something so safe and secure? That sounds very boring and vanilla to me. And so I figured, you know, after Bowflex, why stay in the industry that I've kind of mastered? I need to go find a different adventure. And so what I've found to be true that helps me in my career is really who you work with and what you work on is all that matters right? The rest, the money, the fame, whatever you're shooting for aspirationally just comes as a default if you get those two things right. And so I had this awesome opportunity, really. I think the, the, the majority of us have found the best career paths when we were basically poached by a friend of ours or an acquaintance of ours. And so that's what really led me into the world of dental is, hey, I don't know anything about dental. At first, I was actually very adverse to it. So one of my colleagues that um, worked with me at Bowflex actually landed a gig at a dental consulting company. And I said, I don't think I'm the right guy. I don't even know what a profi is. Like, I'm totally the wrong guy. Why would you want me? And she said, you're very good at connecting the dots. That's not what we're going to hire you for. But on the business development side, I think that you'll find that there is a huge amount of opportunity within dentistry. And, and I think you'd be perfect for it. And if it doesn't work out, well, then you're fine. You've got your Bowflex money to fall back on. <laughs> Um, do you still talk to that person? Are they, are they still in the industry as well? They've, they've, they've retired, but okay. um, still very close. She lives here in the Pacific Northwest. So yeah, still very close. You know, we all have such great mentors and advisors in this industry that we've noticed. It's so great to see that you were brought in by someone that believed in your, your skill set and realized you could really help out the industry as a whole. Um, so it's great to hear that. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, well, you know, we have the no filter question coming up. We haven't done one of these in a while because we've done a couple episodes with just Tamara and I and we naturally wear no filters. <laughs> yeah, we tend to be just no filter all the time. So <laughs> so we're like, we, we got to throw one in here with Darren, um, but I know that you're open to it. So I'm excited to hear what your thoughts are on this. So as I was looking into DEO and I, you know, I know you work with entrepreneurs and they have such great intentions and they are very visionary people. I mean, dentistry, like they're filled with all of these amazing minds, um, but sometimes they might not have the skill set and they have these, this drive to achieve a lot of lengthy goals. You know, how do you handle this and how does DEO support this type of individual? So that's a great question. And I'll answer it with this. We don't support every type of individual we're actually very picky. So we're kind of like Harvard Business School for dentists and dental leaders. And so if, if you're not familiar with Harvard Business School, it's a pretty rigorous selection process for the application to the acceptance. And they actually only bring people on that they pretty much can guarantee are gonna be successful. They just wanna have their stamp of approval on those types of people. So we just took that model and did the same thing for dental. So just to become a DEO member, typically you have to have at least one flagship location that's doing north of a million dollars in revenue, typically 1.5 to 2 million. So that's already double the national average. So you already are different from the vast majority if you're doing 2X what the average person is doing. So that's number one. And then number two, I will, 
I and my team will not work with anyone that has a huge ego because this has nothing to do with clinical. So um, jokingly enough, since this is no filter, I'll say it, we have very few oral surgeons in our group. And so that being the case, you have to be humble. That's one of our core values, right? And you have to on honestly be sharing and know that, hey, there is no finish line to the business side of dentistry. On the clinical side, you have nothing left to prove. But on the business side, you don't, you yourself can't do it all. You probably don't have the team that can help you do it all. And where you are today versus where you want to be, there's going to be some turnover in your organization. That's just the way it works in life. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't mean force attrition, but sometimes if you can't grow talent from within, you're going to have to go externally. And a lot of times now with COVID, you're going to have to go outside of your comfort zone, meaning outside of dental. And do you have the systems to level that person coming from outside of the industry up in a relatively short period of time in order for them to align with what you're trying to achieve personally, professionally, and financially? I did not know that about your membership. I think that, I mean, it's a, it's a great model. I mean, it seems to work and it makes sense. And, you know, I, I like that you guys are picky. Uh, it means you take the time to learn about your members and understand their business model and their, their goals and vision. And so I completely understand that. So, but speaking more generally to all of your members, um, what are some of the upcoming trends in dentistry that they can be looking out for? And also, you know, preparing for, or more importantly, what are some of your members kind of, or people that you work with kind of getting wrong and how do they pivot to the right direction? Great question. You know, with, with the current economic climate, with Silicon Valley Bank, and, and, and that's top of mind for a lot of owners, especially if they're using debt financing to, to optimize and scale their groups. I've been hearing commonalities of, oh, this is just like COVID being thrown around. And, and one of my team members on our leadership call this past week, she stated the obvious, which is this is not like COVID because when we were shelter in place, there were PPP and idle loans to offset the time off. There's no stopping the train this time around. And so if you are looking to grow, whether it's through acquisition, or scratch starts um, and debt lending tightens up, well, guess what? You're going to bootstrap. And the reality is a lot of times when owners come to us, they're scaling chaos, right? If the three of us are managers at three locations and a dentist owns all three, I guarantee you it's a completely different experience at all three typically. They're using different softwares. They're using fragmented systems and it's on the job training. So you're only as good as the person that trained you. So cross your fingers. I hope they're good. Nothing's documented. So it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a dumpster fire, quite frankly. And so to standardize things to the point where, why can McDonald's take a teenager off the street, get them through training, and in two weeks they're handling raw meat and they're not killing anyone? They have really good systems. Why can't dentistry be the same way? So a lot of times dentists don't realize that it's not your clinical ability. It's really not even how nice your, your practice is or how updated the technology is. It's the customer service experience and your only competitive advantage is, is the staff and the team that you have within that practice. That I, quite frankly, I, as a non-dentist, I'm gonna be interacting with more than you as the clinician. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I love all of these analogies because I think people need to see it from that perspective because it is common in the fact that these processes are very outdated. And the repercussions that come with those outdated processes implement, or they kind of are a rolling issue amongst everything else. And it goes all the way down to the patient level, right? And they don't mm -hmm. think that. They think, oh, this is just operational, but really it comes down to the patient because they can feel the disorganization right off the bat. So 
Um, no, I, I think that's a, a great um, kind of understanding into what that that looks like. So for me, I always like to position um, and, and understand the buying behavior just because from the patient standpoint, like that really matters to me because I'm, you know, marketing on behalf of companies that are doing this, right? So, you know, I also had um, some experience in some sales roles, which I know you had um, also previously before you got into all of this. So, you know, what are some ways that you still kind of incorporate that sales background to kind of understand things as a, as, as a consumer and at that level? Great question. So, you know, from my perspective in sales, it's changed quite a bit, right? It's not just understanding someone's pain points, creating enough of a gap so that you can sell your product or service. I think we're, we're far beyond that. I think what the consumer wants at the end of the day is how do you, quite frankly, make my hectic life in this day and age way more convenient than it currently is? And so mapping out the patient experience is number one. There's, there's a handful, a large percentage of practices that have not mapped out from beginning to end, what is the patient experience and the user experience look and feel like? Contrary to, I will say Apple and Android have that nailed down. Amazon does it the best. They're so good. Sometimes the three of us order something and it shows up on the doorstep and I forgot I ordered it. That's how good they are. They've removed all of the friction and barriers to entry. So mapping out that experience. I just talked with a regional manager this, this week and she said, you know, we're struggling to hit revenue goals. And I said, well, you're only open three days a week. If my grocery store was only open three days a week, I'd starve to death. So at the end of the day, I understand how you're, why you're doing it, because it's, it's really cool to have a four-day weekend. But by the same token, are you servicing the consumer, or are you able to niche down so well that only consumers have a certain type of procedure that you have a monopoly on? I highly doubt it, because dentistry is becoming commoditized. And quite frankly, the three of us, I don't live in the world of microsurgeries. I don't know what a good outcome is. I just know if it was a good customer service experience and if it was painful. And that's what goes on on the Google review. That's what goes on Yelp. Not how good you were as a clinician, quite frankly. Personal experience. Um, when my dentist, you know, just cuts hours because they, they just don't want to work on a Saturday or whatever it is. I don't really know internally, but they just aren't working on Saturday. To me, that is very frustrating because yeah. I don't have time during the week. Yeah. And so now I'm looking at a different dentist yeah. because it's just not accommodating to me. So they're definitely not looking at it from a consumer's point of view. Exactly. You know who's killing it right now? Emergency dental models. They don't even own the practice. They just bring their staff and equipment after hours and they are crushing it. Makes complete yeah. sense. <laughs> um, so, you know, one of the other questions that I had, because I'm so interested in your background, I think you have such a unique story, is that, you know, I'm heavily involved in the ad campaigns, marketing side. So I'm curious, have you had a very sec like successful DEO campaign or were you involved in the vision of that campaign? Because I just want to pick your brain and I'm sure everybody wants to know, how did you grow these companies to be so successful? Well, I'm part of it, but it's also who you work with, right? And what you work on. So the secret sauce is actually Jake, our CEO, used to actually own a dental marketing agency. And so we actually have a mini agency within the DEO. So when all of you on this podcast see DEO targeted ads, that's because I have a full-time team on the back end doing that. I'm not going to say we're at Aspen Dental levels, but we're, we're pretty good at what we do based on what the spend is. And so the reality is it all has to tie into what are the pain points for the target avatar, right? So um, 
I would say for the most part, you know, especially you, Tamara, in your wheelhouse, you're really good at targeting specific avatars for different groups, right? Whether they be solo locations or multi-location, there is a target avatar that they're trying to accommodate. If you're a government pay Medicaid practice, you're not going to usually do high-end fee-for-service, all-on-X type procedures or types of marketing campaigns, right? And then vice versa, the opposite is true. So for us, we're very diligent on what the experiences for our members and then everything that we teach we make sure that it's been tested stress tested and that there's efficacy behind it we're not just going to put something out there and throw it against the wall and see what sticks everything that we mention to our members is tried true tried and true so it's just like a dental procedure beginning middle and end we have a very it's called del map which is our own operating system it's like android or ios for dental practice it was designed by dental for dental and that's i think the problem with most organizations. I don't care if you're one location or, or 100 locations. If you don't really have a refined operating system specifically for dental, because I know a lot of dentists and, and their teams get their MBAs or they go into an agnostic leadership course, and, and that's fine. But then how does that translate to our industry? So for us, that's really our secret sauce. Our DEO map proprietary operating system is what we teach in order to get our members moving from where they are today to where they want to be. And that's really actually doing less better. We're not one of these organizations that focuses on 20 initiatives. We probably only focus on three initiatives per quarter. And even that can be a lot sometimes. Yeah. And I love that. And I can see that, you know, it, it seems as almost like your business model is so highly targeted in that direction that the campaigns just kind of follow that suit. Right. And so I think what people try to do is they try to get into so many different industries and poke around to so many different things versus mm -hmm. trying one, focusing on that one and seeing what the return is on that. So exactly. I think it's awesome. You know, I think you guys built something yeah. really great. Yeah. And a good marketing campaign should actually be a filtering mechanism as well. Right. You don't want certain types of patients. You don't want certain type of applicants when you're marketing for employees. Like you have to niche down and say, what do I really want and get very specific. And it's a tough exercise to go through, but it pays huge dividends if you do it right the first time. And speaking with those processes that you guys have, do you feel like you're constantly evolving those? Or is that something where you look at it year over year and learn from your members and, and evolve it from there? Great question, Taylor. We always have to evolve it. So there's going to be another Black Swan event like COVID. I don't know what it is. You don't know what it is, but there will be one. We can bet on that. So of course you're gonna have to pivot. So one of the best things we ever did was when, when Jake came on board, we created a platform for our members like Netflix. So everything we've ever done, whether it's a summit like the one that Uptime will be co-sponsoring this year in San Diego, all of that gets recorded and housed on a Netflix like portal and is searchable just like Google. That's where we draw a lot of our strategic plans from. Every single DEO member, all of the 300 have a unique custom tailored strategic plan that we work on with them every 90 days. And a lot of the answers come from that DEO map operating system that I mentioned earlier. So for us, the advantage is having been in business since 1984 and having access to $3 billion worth of groups, the three of us on this call just won't be alive long enough to make the mistakes of $3 billion worth of groups. So anytime in life, you can learn from someone, someone that's been there and done that, right? It's kind of contrary to what you learn in formal education. I remember getting suspended as a kid from copying answers off the smartest kid in class. And now we make a lot of money doing the same thing. So at the end of the day, that's really, there's whether you're learning to play a new instrument, a new sport, whatever it is, like the easiest path is to get a mentor that's been there and done that. And that's really what we brought into this organization. That's really what Harvard Business School is. That's what all of the top education companies do is they have use cases 
and, and relative use cases that are still playing the game that you're playing. And I think that's important for, for, for people to know is that the, the, the knowledge that comes from us and why we're able to pivot so fast is because these are people that are still actively building their own groups. Two of my favorite mottos, work smarter, not harder. Yeah. <laughs> and my other one, let's not reinvent the wheel. Exactly. <laughs> Which I feel apply to exactly what you're saying. It's, you know, everyone just needs to take a look at what's successful. It's available to you, especially with an organization like DEO. You have it at your fingertips and now you can take advantage of it. And I love it. I think it's great. And, and to, <laughs> to get, you know, no filter for a little bit, that's the hard part for most clinicians is putting off your clinical hat, which you are a master at, and then jumping into the deep end of the pool in the part of the business that you suck at. It's a really hard pill to swallow. Because why would I go from being an all-star to being a novice at this stage in my career? It's scary. Absolutely. So that's where I think sometimes the hardest part of being an entrepreneur is the six inches between your ears, yourself telling you that you can or you shouldn't and making all these excuses as far as to why you're happier, not growing from where you're at today. Yeah, I think I've mentioned this in the past, but if you're going to be an entrepreneur or part of any sort of new business model, you have to be able to fail or be um, ready to take on some of the biggest challenges of your life because it's the only way that you're going to eventually get to that success. And it's a long, hard road, but it is definitely worth it in the end. So um, exactly that. <clears throat> Well, I loved this conversation, Darren. I think you are a wealth of knowledge. You have so much experience. And I hope we can have you again on the show in the future and pick your brain a little bit more. We, we might have to do that, Tamara. Be, <laughs> I, I'd be happy to. I'd be happy to. You just let me know when and where. Definitely. Well, um, I'm excited for our group to be at the DEO conference. Um, so to learn more about DEO, visit deodentalgroup.com. And Darren actually has a quick announcement for all of our listeners. So Darren, I'll let you have it. Yes, for all of your listeners on this podcast, and, and thank you again to Uptime Health for co-sponsoring that event. We're going to give a special promotion if you want to register for that conference. Well, number one, one of the people I'm most excited to see is Dr. Ben Winters. For those of you that don't know, he's the Bentist. He's the sixth most viewed personality on YouTube. So, and he's an orthodontist by trade. So even better that he's, he understands our industry. He comes from the industry and he's going to share all his social media knowledge bombs with us at that event. So that's June 8th through the 10th in San Diego at the Grand Hyatt. And for those of you that want to register, there's a $200 off promo code. Just type in DEO 200, no spaces, and that will get you 200 off that registration. And we hope to see you in San, San Diego. Love that. Thank you so much. And definitely take advantage of that promo code. Um, thank you, Darren. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast or comment below if you have any questions for us. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.